Ladies and gentlemen, please step into the main room. The final presentation is about to begin. Thank you. Magical Crypto Friends live session. gentlemen the moment has arrived it's rapidly come are you all being entertained great so the next segment is going to be the uh, podcast featuring the quartet of masterminds and geniuses in podcasting luminaries which we're going to bring up on stage shortly. Unfortunately, Fluffy Pony has suffered a terrible accident. Uh, he's been cryogenically preserved. Uh, his mind lives on and he will be communicating with Fluffy uh, in an existential plane of existence as represented by this screen on wheels. But without any further ado, so we have Fluffy Pony Samson Mao, Whale Panda, Satoshi Light, come on aboard. Hi, welcome everyone with our live show. Yourself. Yeah, Rick, go lower. You're, you're like too, too tall right now. Can you actually do that with the chain on? That's left. <laughs> That's right. Down. Go down, Rick. You're too high. There we go. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Amazing technology. Now, so is this on the blockchain or not? Is the robot on the blockchain? I cannot hear you. No. Can we have the audio from the robot? We should be piping in the robot audio. Powered by Ethereum. <laughs> there we go. Maybe you should face the crowd. I mean, I know you like to look at me, but yeah, that's better. So how have you guys liked uh, MCC so far? That doesn't sound very enthusiastic. No. How do you, how do you guys like MCC so far? That's yours. <laughs> we'll pay you after for the applause. Uh, it, it's just been very interesting uh, as our first conference to organize something like this. Uh, we're actually quite happy of the end result so far. I mean, for day one. I mean, for day yeah. One. I mean, Red to Crowd really worked well. I'm glad that we spent the money on it. I didn't get any of that, but thank you, Rick. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's echoey. It's quite echoey here in the room. If audio can fix that in some way. I know. But you guys remember, Less anyone was here echoey. last year, uh, you remember we did a live show at uh, Consensus in the Blockstream room, and Ricardo kind of botched our audio. There was no audio. Uh, he's doing it again. <laughs> it's not my fault. Oh, that's, that's good, actually. It's way better now. You need to articulate. Rem get rid of the uh, South African accent, and it should be fine. <laughs> and there's some lag as well. Um, so we, we've already received quite positive feedback so far. Um, people seem to enjoy have something different in Blockchain Week. We, we kind of reorged block Blockchain Week. And uh, this is the main event now, sort of. That's what we think, at least. Yeah. Well, people are calling it MCC consensus, right? <laughs> but I think next year, we need to plan better. I think we just picked the dates this year, and we didn't realize it was Mother's Day. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people didn't come in because tomorrow was Mother's Day, and we just thought, like, we should do it around consensus, maybe weekend before. And we didn't even look at, like, uh, that it was a holiday or if you can call it. But anyway, every day should be Mother's Day. So if you don't attend because it's Mother's Day, that's not a valid reason. It just means that you don't love your mother enough to show her love every day. I think some of the people in the audience don't, because when I said tomorrow's Mother's Day, some people are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some of the faces go, oh. We saw some really? of the faces like, oh. <laughs> Wait, is Mother's Day, Mother's Day tomorrow? I didn't realize. Apparently. <laughs> it's Jihan's favorite day of the year. So, you have anything else to add for MCC? So, we, we, got, we got up really early. You have to imagine that the, yesterday, uh, or until early this morning, this was all like tables. This was one big uh, empty room, all tables. And at 4 a.m., they started setting, setting up everything. And we had to prepare the bags for everyone, uh, all the swag bags, you know, how big they are. Uh, so, we had like an entire room full of boxes with dolls, with coins, with everything. It was a lot of work. And we, yeah, we, we, we need to thank our volunteers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, thank, thank you, volunteers. Thank you, volunteers. Yeah. Um, you even got food, so <laughs> maybe you should thank us rather. But they got, that, they got food. Yeah. We, we, so we thank them enough? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, now after a successful day, I, I think we can say we will do something again next year, just not here. Uh, probably something in Asia. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how successful tomorrow is first. <laughs> Should be fine. Well, it depends on the after party, I guess. Well, I mean, getting the bear here is going to be tough. Yeah, so the bull left, and we're bringing in the bear tomorrow. Um, That's going to be tough. So I hope you all dump the top. Uh, I mean, the bear might kill like half of our attendees, so <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, yeah, that's actually not that smart because then Don't worry, we, we bought have the less sales next year. Okay, we'll cancel it. We bought the insurance. We're we'll, okay. We won't bring the bear then. We don't want to stop the bull market, so scratch the bear. We'll discuss it after. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on to the next topic, I guess. Yep. One thing that has been quite uh, interesting is following the entire conversation when it comes to the reorg. reorg. Um, so uh, Binance decided not to reorg Bitcoin. So we should be very thank thankful. You, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, thank Binance. You. Thanks, CZ. We owe you one. Yeah. Phew. <laughs> so what oh. do you guys think about that? How stupid was that statement? Well, first, everyone knows that there was a hack, right? 
and they lost some coins. Yeah, so Binance got hacked. It was 40, 40 million, million, 7 thousand coins. Which, if their sales, like if, if their uh, numbers are correct, it's, it's like one month of profit for them if they are real, the, the numbers. Yeah, plus they have the, the Seifu fund to cover it, right? So it should be fine. Yeah. So. Yeah, but still, it's like unfortunate that they were hacked. But that kind of triggered the discussion. Someone posted on Twitter, maybe you guys should uh, consider a reorg. And then things kind of went downhill, and everyone went up in arms, started saying no. <laughs> but it's also interesting that some people said, uh, you have had like, like two camps. Like one camp said, like, that's stupid. And the other people, uh, other camps, said, like, but we should at least discuss it. And then you have a third camp, like, oh, they were discussing it, so it's possible, so Bitcoin is centralized. And there's a problem too. Bitcoin will fail because Bitcoin is a failure because people are discussing it. Right? Yeah. So the guy. And, that, and, then, and then they get interviewed by Peter McCormack. Did anyone get that? No. Oh, sorry, Rick. It's Rick, like. Say it again. T talk. Slower. And then they get interviewed by Peter McCormack. Uh, and then, then they're interviewed by Peter McCormack. Something about Peter McCormack. Yeah. yeah is yeah. Peter here? Peter is here. I, I saw him earlier. He was here. He was in the room. Maybe, Ricardo, you should text us what you want to say, and then we'll read it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the other problem, it was compounded by the fact that the guy that posted the idea uh, had Bitcoin Core contributor in his profile. And I don't think he tried to disclaim that he didn't do that much stuff. And then CZ was posting and saying, Bitcoin Core said I should reorg. And that kind of threw some fuel on the fire and made it worse. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw some thread that Greg Maxwell posted later saying, you should work harder to like not make it clear you're not associated with Bitcoin Core. Otherwise, people can make these stupid statements that just cause chaos in the ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, I have a few problems with what happened. Basically. I think, for one thing, I think CZ should have known better that a reorg is like next to impossible, especially for such a small, relatively small amount. Um, and he shouldn't have really said that. Uh, make it sound like he could have it could have happened just because he wanted it to happen. But <laughs> well, that was the fun uh, part. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's just unfortunate that he just said that. Oh, we're not going to do the reorg as if he could have done it if he wanted to. Yeah, but um, I think a lot of people aren't are not cutting him a little bit of slack, because he did just get hacked. And he, he did commit to doing an AMA right after the hack, yeah. like literally right after. And he hasn't slept for like Yeah, so he probably hasn't so slept, like... and he's frazzled, yeah. and he's not thinking straight. And he did retract it later. But still, I think you know, someone could have advised him, I think, from yeah. his team. But I'm yeah, perfect. That's, that's a discussion you need to do internally, not on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, probably if you really wanted to do it, you probably should have privately reached out to miners to see how viable it is. I think it's. It's not the end of the world um, to, to talk about it. I mean, it, I think, like, we haven't seen it yet, but if Bitcoin really does at get attacked, it'll, be, it'll get attacked by state actors, and they're going to actually, like, pay miners to attack Bitcoin to, like, censor a transaction. What happens when that happens, right? Is Bitcoin going to survive that? Are we going to be able to, um, are miners incentivized to not accept a bribe from a government to censor a transaction? Or would that actually censor uh, Bitcoin? So mm -hmm. I think it's worth discussing it, but not for this relatively small hack. Yeah, something like Mt. Gox. Mm -hmm.
I mean, even the Bifinex hack was bigger than this. Yeah, one. yeah, it was very right. big. And back then, 118,000 or something like that? 180,000 coins. And 18 back then, or 18. I don't remember, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's 100K, 100,000, right? So back then, I think people talked about Reorg also, but it was shot down pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. But I think the, the message is that a Reorg is highly unlikely, almost impossible, just because of the level of coordination you'd have to do with the miners. And if you, it was possible to do a reorg, you could also very easily do a 51% attack. And I think that's very hard to do because you have to but, get all the mining. Pools. Even if you try to incentivize um, the reorg, the hacker can also incentivize the other chain, yeah. the yeah. original chain. So, and miners are conservative. I mean, they're just making money from mining. There's, they had to take a huge risk to hopefully expect the reorg happens so that they can make money, potentially more money. Why would they do that if there's any defects from that? Well, it's not just that. If you do it, then you're probably not going to be a miner anymore, right? Or a As, pool, right? Yeah, well, both. So the pool would lose trust. Well, you can, you'll still be a lose. miner. You would still mine. But well, you wouldn't. The pool. Well, you might kill trust. Bitcoin, right? If you did do a reorg, that might. I don't think it would kill Bitcoin. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't it's think it's hard to say. Bitcoin. It would be a major setback. Well, if Bitcoin dies, there's Litecoin, so I'm okay. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's enough on the hypothetical situation, which actually didn't happen, so I think you should move on. Uh, so Samson had some sh stuff to show us, um, some magical crypto yes. fun. So we have some magical crypto stuff to show, some cool new stuff. Cue audio video. So we have it as well. a new game on the App Store. It's called Magical Fun. It's meant for kids because the... we're, brain, we're all about brainwashing children, obviously. <laughs> um, so it's got three little mini games, and we're planning to add more. The first one is Snack Time. It's a puzzle game where you put together these little snacks, and you can feed it to one of the Magic Crypto friends. But it's for kids. This is not for adults, just to be clear. Well, if you really want to play it. Or if gonna... you're high and you want to play something that might be I don't know. But we're, we're missing. I, mean, I, I don't need asparagus, but OK. Looks a bit silly. So when you download it, we're also actually missing a little bit of audio because these guys were all slow to record their sound bites. But when you feed it, when you finish the thing, the animal will say, oh, I love ice cream or something like that. So I, one thing I think it's important to, like, um, people have been saying that they're trying to um, get kids involved with Bitcoin. I don't know if this is the right way, but. Well, we'll or that we're trying to, how uh, should we put it, brainwash kids. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. An A, congratulations. This is ABC Lion, so it's just spelling. But you see, we're starting off with simple puzzles games, and then later on, we'll be like, what, which money is real? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. And the answer will be Bitcoin SV. <laughs> what do you say? Bitcoin SV. Ah, yes. Bitcoin SV is obviously the real money. Yeah, obviously. Who here thinks so? <laughs> Get out. Nobody. This game is a one, two, three chicken or something. I forgot the name. Hey, there's a chicken behind. Yeah, that's your game. Oh. That you didn't record the audio for. <laughs> well, you keep bugging so, uh, by recording Did you already mention that you can actually download it now for your Oh, yeah. Chicken. It's on the App Store now on it's, iOS. It's on Android. App Store. But there's no audio. There, it, there's like a placeholder yeah. until you guys do your job. I mean, Samsung does all this crazy stuff. And then we wonder, like, why? It's strange that he didn't have a heart attack yet. I mean, I told him a couple of times. Like, he, he's trying to organize everything. He's so 
detail-oriented, uh, yeah, I might. We also launched our new website. It's uh, magicalcryptofriends.com, and it's live now too, so you can always go and check it out. Um, we've been working on this for a couple months now, uh, made by my team at Pixelmatic. But well, when you say took, uh, working on it for a couple of months, You've been working on the uh, short for one and a half year. Uh, that's I mean, it was finished a year ago, and you just did the audio last night. So. Yeah, that's why I'm actually glad that Fake Toshi is still relevant. Because if he wasn't, then the short would be out of date. People were wondering why we didn't put like him suing people in the short. Yeah, because I did like, it. This is like this was done like more than almost a year ago, so he but wasn't suing still, people back but then. But it's still relevant. Yeah, we'll do another one. So yeah, all our episodes are on here. Uh, once we, we're going to do more shorts, so the shorts will be on here as well. We also, yeah, so also, is there anyone you want to make fun of next time for a short? No, to be clear, the short was not about Craig Wright. No. It's not about him being a fraud, because he's not a fraud. <laughs> so we also have a store. Uh, I think we're not ready to start shipping stuff yet, so inventory is going to say zero, but we'll post up uh, a tweet when we're ready to start selling stuff. But we will... Uh, have our dolls on sale and maybe some t-shirts and other stuff too. But not the coins, because those are limited edition. Yeah, so to be clear, the coins that you can buy or receive in the give back here, um, they're just for the conference here. So if, you, if someone else at home or wants to buy them, you will need to find someone who was here and try to buy it from them. So if we or don't sell rob out, them or... Yeah. If we don't sell out here, we're going to destroy them, right? Yeah, of course. So the back of the coins have a hologram, and if you peel the hologram off, there's a QR code. We don't have a way to sweep them yet, but uh, Lawrence from Blockstream is working on it. This video is very long. I yeah, mean, that's what I told you it's guys. It's very boring. Yeah, I didn't have time to edit it. So the coins have one magical crypto token in them, so technically you could sweep them off. They're issued on the liquid blockchain, so right now there's 2,000 coins. We actually have a reissuance token, so next conference we can do more. But technically, you could trade them on an exchange, and someday they might be worth a billion dollars each. <laughs> so this is our next announcement. We have um, Telegram sticker packs not available yet, but they will be, and we'll tweet, out, tweet them out when we're ready. So we've got one pack for each character. Uh, this is how we waste our time making stuff. Yeah, so uh, now you wonder like, why our episodes are so long, but we, and why it takes so long to edit them. Like half of the time, it's like uh, Samson talking about uh, liquid or anything else, and we cut that part out uh, before we upload it. And that's why this is taking so long now. No, because we're done. <laughs> I think the next next one is pony. Is no, panda. Panda. Yeah. So you have a lot of emojis. I'm going to use the panda cry a lot. Are we charging for this? No, it's free. Wasted opportunity. Okay, so how much more of this is there? I don't know. Is the video almost done? Should be, right? Yeah. Did we see all the, all the characters? What are we talking about next? <sighs> next thing. This is scam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. It's yeah. me, Rick. There's the, there's the pony. And look, there's one with a pony and panda. What are you guys laughing. doing? Laughing with Together. Samson, probably. Okay, we can switch to the next video. So I also have an announcement for Pixelmatic. It's my game company. Uh, maybe some people haven't heard about it yet. The Wi-Fi sponsor. Yeah, the Wi-Fi sponsor. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I saw someone tweeting. Um, because our Wi-Fi password was tethered to the moon. It was, 
You want to give him some attention? Well, it's funny. Some guy was saying, see, look, I told you guys. <laughs> so uh, that person was that we're, we're, we're uh, connected from R3? Yeah, I don't know. But it says, we're, you're connected to Tether, see? This is the evidence. Yeah. It's kind of like an obvious troll, but you know, he took the bait. <laughs> OK, can you play the next video? OK, so this announcement is for Pixomatic. So we're actually going to be doing a security token on Liquid. And we're kicking it off. Or we've kicked it off already. We've already uh, started raising some of the funding. One of our backers is Heisenberg Capital. That's uh, Max Kaiser and Stacy. And we have some other investors too, East Ventures, um, and a few other ones. We'll probably announce them in a few days. But this uh, MMO RTS game, it's a sci-fi space game. Um, it's meant to be sort of like EVE Online meets uh, real-time strategy. And uh, we just made some big hires for this project. We hired Jason Lee. He's our chief creative officer. He was previously the lead designer on Age of Empires. So we kind of plucked him away from Microsoft. Uh, and uh, we also hired Damon Gauthier. He's from the original Homeworld team. I don't know if you guys play RTS, but Homeworld is like, uh, someone does. Homeworld's like a classic space battle game. So these guys have joined Pixelmatic, and we're ready to start cranking it out. We've uh, almost closed the first 3 million, and we're going to raise about 16 to 27 sometime at the end of the year. So uh, Charlie, do you also feel that Magical Crypto Friends is becoming more of like a Samsung shilling pl platform? It definitely does seem like that. But the game looks pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for my announcement. So what do you want to do now? Um, audience questions? Yeah, audience questions. So, uh, so actually, actually, what we're talking about, uh, the Tim Swanson tweet. So uh, what he said was, putting aside the multitude of bullies speaking at MCC uh, 2019. I don't know who the bullies are here. I guess we're bullies. Charlie bully? OK. Um, what yes, is I'm a bully. Yeah, you're, you're the biggest bully of them all. What is interesting is just how explicit the shilling of Tether is. Because you know, our point, like, we're trying to pump Tether to $2. <laughs> I mean, that's, how, that's the whole point of a stablecoin, right? Yeah. <laughs> so OK, let's go with the audience questions. I just wanted to point out how stupid Tim Swanson is. He might be in the audience, by the way. Yes, I don't care. Well, how did he find that? It's so secret. It's Twitter. I, I'm, I'm anonymous. I mean, come on. Well, Panda. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have uh, two mics. We have two runners and two mics. If anyone wants to ask questions, please don't ask about Infinite Fleet. Please don't ask about Liquid or uh, anything else like that. No, you that. can ask about Liquid. Ask us anything. So anything. That's dangerous. Where, where are the mics? Are you standing up waiting in line for a mic? We're actually doing Q&A because we didn't have Mike on a show. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's hear each of yours uh, best price pump theory. For not for the recent price pump, let's hear your theories. What was the question? The, the best what theory? Let, do you, let's hear your thoughts on your theory for the recent price pump. The reason why the price pump. I'll, I'll go first. Like make okay. up whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, Rick. Why why did the price pump? So what I suspect happened is the Binance hacker wanted more money in the hot wallet, and so he pumped the price. 
What do you say? Finance hacker did what? Yeah, needed more money in the hot wallet. Needs more money in the hot wallet. It's, it's still very difficult to understand your. But I think the audience hears you better than, than we do. I hope. Yeah, the, there's no like microphones. Um, why why is the price increasing? Well, we brought the bull, and now tomorrow we're going to sacrifice the bull, um, we're and the, the price bull. will go up. And after that, we'll have big barbecue. It was actually Rodolfo Novak's idea. Thank you, Rodolfo. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Um, the price went up because there's more demand. There's more buyers and sellers? No. There are always equal amount of buyers and sellers. <laughs> buyers are willing to pay more than sellers are willing to. Yes. This is very complex theory here. Yeah. No. I think we're starting to price in the halving. It's uh, similar to the other halving, uh, the last halving. The price started going up. I don't know, a year, half a year before, right? And then having was kind of, people expected it to pop, and it didn't really pop. So I think we're seeing the price in now. But I've always thought that Bitcoin is undervalued right now. I think we should be about 10K. So I'm not that surprised that we are moving back up. I think, uh, I don't want to make any predictions, but I think it's going to keep going up. And people I, I don't want to make any predictions but it's going to I mean I, now we're just trying to pump Bitcoin <laughs> I don't want to make any number predictions but it's going up and people I think people are just more confident of the whole market um, like the the Binance hack just kind of been there done that and people are like doesn't really affect anything well like if you're in a bull market even like bad news doesn't really affect the price that much yeah that's true so we're in a bull market we're going through yeah about yeah, I would I would say so at this point. Yeah. Does Next that question? The question. Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always, it's always like you always get those questions, and then you have to like move around because you don't want to make it like a of, avoid the answer like directly because you don't want to make a prediction. Because if you make it like a explicit prediction, people are going to use it against you. So. Next question. Hi. This question is for Samson. Uh, will there be inter any interaction between Liquid and uh, the Lightning Network if there isn't yet? Oh, that's a very good question. So the question is, will there be any interaction between Liquid and the Lightning Network? Um, yeah, I don't know if I should talk about that. <laughs> I think uh, I'll, so. there will be, because Liquid is based off of Bitcoin. So technically, it is possible to do a lightning network on top of any liquid asset. And I think uh, we're preparing a demo this week at one of the tech sessions at Consensus to show it. But yeah, there can be. So apparently the audience hears Ricardo fine. We don't, because they're the speakers here. The audience hears Ricardo fine. Oh, it's cool. something to do with your like, we can't hear them hear chilling. Him uh, there's no speakers pointing towards yeah, us. Yeah, so. OK, OK. OK. Did it answer your? Yeah, yeah I'm, I answered it. I mean, when you start talking about uh, liquid, I start browsing through Twitter, so. Yeah. By the way, we also have a lot of new members in liquid and integrations. Good, okay. good for you, Samson. Good for you. I know. Good for you. <laughs> Actually, how, how are we going to do the draw tomorrow for uh, the Lambos? Just pick them out of a hat. What are we going to do it here on stage during yeah, coffee break? we'll do it live. And how is, how is Ricardo going to do it? He'll tell you to pick a specific paper in the hat. Like, pick a random number between 1 and 800. Ricardo? 
73. Okay. What do you say? 73. 73. Okay. All right. Any other questions? There's, we have one back there. All right. Hi there. Thanks, guys, for a great conference. Uh, what can you tell us about the development staff of Litecoin and the challenges of maintaining a strong development team to keep up the quality of the code? Does, does Litecoin have any developers? I thought it was just copy-pasting from Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 burn. Pace, right? <laughs> um, it's, definitely, it's definitely hard a challenge to get developers interested in working on Litecoin. Um, but but we, have, we have a good team. Uh, and, and we get most of the, I mean, it's pretty clear, we get most of the, uh, the stuff from Bitcoin, right? So we, we just we fork Bitcoin and everything upstream, we can um, just uh, deploy it to Litecoin. So we get a lot of that from Bitcoin. Um, we're also working on uh, other things like, uh, like the Mimblewimble uh, sidechain, or not sidechain, but extension blocks. Um, so we're trying to work on that and see, see what happens. So yeah, so stay tuned on what's going to happen for the next year. But the good thing about Litecoin is we basically get all the Bitcoin stuff for free. Right? Bitcoin has like the best developers, the best people working on it, and we just get it for free. So it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that, that answer your question? I can't actually tell who, who asked me the question. So this question is for Charlie. Uh, last year tweeted that uh, if I send you 10 ETH, you would send me 100 back. And uh, <laughs> you, ne you never did. <laughs> so I'm here to co collect that. Uh, now, actually, uh, this question is for Samson. Uh, based on your gaming reveal there, I just wondered if you had any thoughts about blockchain gaming in general uh, or projects like Engine Coin and whether or not that could be like a really catalyst for the uh, industry in general. Huh. So I don't really like the, the concept of blockchain gaming. I like integration of crypto into games. So for Infinite Fleet, we're planning to actually use a real utility token, which is generated by participation in in-game events. But we're just using it as a currency so that, you know, MMO games, if you're familiar with MMO games, like uh, people like to manage their currencies. If they have a guild or a clan um, if, or an alliance, a corporation in EVE, then you manage funds and collect them. And there's a lot of cool stuff. So our utility token will be done in liquid. So you could actually use that, uh, use a multi-sig wallet for your guild funds. Because people have infiltrated a guild in EVE and played for like a year just to steal their guild funds. But there's interesting things that we can do to bring cryptocurrencies to games. And I think it's very uh, reciprocal too, because you can also open the door to a lot more users of cryptocurrencies by integrating into a game. The established players, I don't think, are going to you know, add a crypto. Like World of Warcraft is not going to add it. Lineage 2 is not going to add it. But because you know, I'm in the space and I see the potential, um, someone is asking about Lightning on Liquid. So the utility token in Infinite Fleet can be powered through Lightning. So we can you know, have uh, instant free transactions down the road. But it also is a way to get more people into crypto. Like people that are playing the game, they can earn the utility token and they can go and sell it somewhere and it's transportable. So it's not about putting every game action on the blockchain. I mean, a lot of blockchain games are, are doing that, which yeah. does not make any sense whatsoever and does not scale. Yes. And it doesn't, you know, if you put some items from a game on a blockchain and the company goes away, 
and you know, your items go away. You'll have a token, but you don't have that sword or armor anymore. So I don't really see the use. So it's, yeah, so it's decentralized, but it's still centralized because you depend yeah. on the game to actually give it value. Exactly. Right. So is that an okay answer? We have so. one person nodding, so it must be okay. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Any other questions? Did you get any any of that, Rick? I didn't hear anything. Yeah, you need to use the microphone. It's not on. We're having some technical difficulties. So uh, last year we prepared our uh, agenda way better than this year because we are so busy now with everything. So. Uh, we <laughs> prepare an agenda for the show. Okay. We'll just wing it. And He's ready? Ready? Did he go? Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Um, here we go. So my question is for Fluffy Pony. Uh, obviously, Monero doesn't have the capability for uh, XCATs right now across chain baton swaps. Uh, is that something you see in the future as being an important step for Monero? Um, I, sorry, I missed the functionality that Monero doesn't have. Can you repeat it? Oh, um, so do you, do you see uh, cross-chain atomic swaps as being a big step forward for Monero and something that you guys are going to pursue? You know, a lot of the functionality that's needed for cross-chain atomic swaps is the same functionality needed for Lightning. So I kind of, um, I think that we're probably going to end up, um, I mean, I, I can't speak for all the developers, but my expectation is that the developers will end up uh, building out the functionality needed for both atomic swaps and lightning. Um, I think it is relevant and I think it is important for Monero to be able to handle uh, cross-chain atomic swaps to allow um, users of uh, cryptocurrencies that aren't currently priced to be able to trivially and at a very low cost move in and out of Monero, um, thus severing any on-chain links. Does that answer your question? Okay, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> okay. Next. Same one. You can mention. Any any other questions? How are we doing for time? Uh, fine. Okay. So apparently it's been uh, 30 days since uh, Holden Holden Nuts uh, disappeared from t Twitter, and someone just wanted uh, us to mention that. Uh, yeah, in 30 days. So we miss him. We miss him, and we want him to come back to Twitter. Oh, so you're assuming he's following the show? Well, well, obviously. <laughs> I, I heard he's doing okay. Do we have contact with okay. him? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> no one knows who he is, so hard to say. Yeah. Well, if he, if he wants to communicate with the community, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I've chatted with him previously, so he can prove to, him, to me who he is. So yeah, open offer if you wanted to. Because he deleted his Twitter account, and that was his only presence. So there's no, like, it's kind of like Satoshi, right? If Satoshi came out, and there's no way to prove himself, right? So, um, so yeah. So if you really want to talk to the community, come send me a message, and 
Okay. I can help, or we can help. So. Yeah, but his fundraiser is pretty good, right? I think they crossed 32, 32K. Yeah, it's been a while since I checked, but. Yeah. So have you been sued yet? Hmm? Have you been sued yet? Not yet. You? No. Charlie? Not yet. Not yet. No. Puffy Pony? Ricardo, you are you were begging. Are you are begging. I asked so nicely. I asked, I begged, and Calvin didn't even reply. Maybe we shouldn't give him any attention at all. Um, so any, any other questions? We have one there. We shouldn't give him any attention except we created a whole short about it. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, my question for Charlie is, there's kind of a delay on this mic, sorry. Do you see Litecoin having its own use case separate from Bitcoin? Like smart contracts or? Um, well, we're working on trying something different with, uh, with Mimblewimble, right? Trying to make Litecoin more, more fungible. So that's definitely going to be different from Bitcoin. Um, but in the end, it's still, the idea is still, the goal is still like sound money, right? We're not creating PayPal 2.0. We're creating, in Litecoin's case, Silver 2.0 to Bitcoin's Gold 2.0, right? So um, we still want to create, still want it to be money that is censorship resistant, immutable, and that, and that part is similar to Bitcoin. Um, but I think even for Bitcoin, we want, money to be more fungible, right? We want to be able to spend it without, without the, the part, the recipient being able to, um, to discriminate between the payments that you're sending them versus someone else sending them, or the different outputs that you're using. So that's something that we definitely will, will work on and try to see if it can work out on Litecoin. Okay, so I actually have a question. So Rick, are you having fun? Like, how is it to be a robot at a conference? You get a lot of attention. Uh, okay, so so being a robot at a conference is an interesting experience. Uh, it sucks because nobody can uh, give me a hug and give me a sticker uh, and give me a high five. And it sucks that no one can hear me unless they put their head like right up close to the speaker when it's loud. But it is pretty cool that I can sit halfway across the planet and move around um, and walk into chairs and stuff with a robot. So tomorrow we're going to put you in a dark closet and see how, you can, how long it takes you to get out. We can try that if that's what you're into. Is, is it like a GPS on there so uh, your handler can find you? My Blockstream handler. <laughs> the best part about Fluffy Pony being on in the robot is you can kick him and he can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean, Charlie. <laughs> I like your watch. It's a nice watch. Yeah, he is a watch. Thank you. He's a big watch. Inspired by Flavor Flav. We have a question over there. Do we? Hi. Yeah. Um, wherever I go to these conferences around the world, the enthusiasm is always hard to contain. But there's rarely ever a contrarian opinion, someone getting up and saying, why not? So this question could be for any or all of you. But 
what's one thing that every now and then you wake up in the middle of the night screaming or something that you have a fear about that maybe this enthusiasm is, uh, is, is more than it should be? Does that make sense? In a way, yes. Um, I, I was worried about the price, um, not now, but w when the price was around uh, $200, a lot of us were thinking like, this can go to zero. We invested a lot of time, effort, money in it, and at that point we, we were still like, or at least I felt, and I know other people like me, like mostly traders I guess, still felt like, this can still go to zero. And at, at the moment I don't really have it anymore. That's like the difference between the last bear market and this one. Yeah. The last time when it went from 1,000 to 200, actually a lot of people thought it was, this is it, right? This is, this is a failed project. And now it's it just like 20,000 to 3,200, I mean. And people uh, didn't think yeah. it was gonna go to zero. So, no. which is uh, a telling sign that this is, we've actually, we've made it. <laughs> We're not gonna <laughs> die anymore. We made it, guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the question was what? That, that we, uh, do we wake up and think it's like too crazy right now? Or anything bad about it, right? What? I don't know. I think I don't really see anything bad about Bitcoin. And I see a lot of bad stuff about blockchain. Like everyone wants to find an interesting way to use a blockchain. And I think that's bad. But I think Bitcoin can go and become much more valuable. Um, and it could probably reach like 200K, 300K a coin, just because it is superior as a store of value compared to everything else. And if you look at like the property market or with gold, you know, that's, people are using property as a store of value and that's actually really bad because that can cause things like housing issues where people are buying houses or apartments and there's no place for people to rent or live in. Well, well and but it's, that, there's also this one thing I do want to mention, like as an example for you, um, is that some people are saying like, for example, with, with Lightning, there's a lot of hype around Lightning. There's a lot happening, building. But Lightning is not going to solve everything from like by tomorrow. So it, it needs time. So um, you, you just have to be realistic about your expectations and about the goals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of scammers are the opposite. Like they say they fixed everything right now and they're superior and yeah. I think that's what great about this, what's great about this community is that they're more realistic about things. The, the thing that concerns me is that we haven't solved the, the problem with um, protecting funds, right? Exchanges are still getting hacked and just recently Binance got hacked. I mean, the whole thing So are you saying that Binance uh, hacked themselves to promote their decks? I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just saying that it's still, it's still a big problem, right? Uh, exchanges getting hacked. I mean, the thing about Bitcoin is that you can be your own bank, but being your own bank means you have to protect the, your, your own money, and that's hard. And we haven't solved that problem yet. Will we ever solve it? That's the question. Right? That's so, why you should use Liquid, so you can take your funds off exchange quickly. <laughs> that doesn't help. Well, it helps a little bit. Because people, people leave coins on the exchange because they have to wait for confirmations and wait for everything. Whereas with Liquid, no, it's... People leave coins on the exchange because they, don't, they can't protect it better themselves. Well, I think there are solutions coming to address that. Like a lot of self-custody solutions are on the yeah. market already and more are coming and that will help. And then if you can move it quickly on and off, then it'll incentivize people, disincentivize keeping Alan it. Alan is trying to tell us something. I have no idea what Alan is trying to tell us. Alan, come up and tell us what. More questions. 
Okay, okay, more questions. Question. And there's a question over there too, right? Yo. Next. Okay, Go. one and then two. All right, so in terms of the current FinCEN and old people talking about, hey, we need to produce a bill to, you know, make Bitcoin illegal and it's going to be a, it's a threat to the, you know, New York Federal Reserve and, and so such. Do you have uh, any kind of predictions in 2019 uh, for the rest of 2019 in terms of any kind of legislation or regulation that might come down specifically in the U.S.? Uh, or and then you can maybe journalize this uh, across the world. You're the American. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Bitcoin will be banned in the U.S. Um, I think we're, we're past that point, right? So um, I, I think this fits in nicely for tomorrow. I mean, we are not like regulatory experts. But tomorrow we have like a panel uh, of regulatory experts. Yes, exactly. Um, so go tomorrow. Come tomorrow. You come, mean. come tomorrow. <laughs> um, ask Caitlin or uh, someone else at the on the panel, and uh, I think you will get a better answer there than from the three and a half of us. <laughs> All right. Next question. Yeah, Frank. Uh, test. Uh, so this is directed to Charlie. Um, you mentioned you hold Bitcoin, Litecoin, Nano, maybe uh, Decred. Decred. Um, so if Bitcoin is gold and Litecoin is silver, then how do you see Nano, for example? Because it seems like Nano could be silver, a better silver than Litecoin. Someone's trying to pump yeah, the shitcoin. You're such a shitcoiner. Sounds like it. <laughs> um, people keep on asking me whether I hold this coin, if I still hold this coin. I think they just... They want to know, yeah, so I mean, I play around with coins, right? So I assume everyone here does also, just buy some coins, try other technology. So I mean, I've, I play around with Nano, it seems pretty interesting. I still hold some, I mean, just not a lot, right? So it's not like, please don't say, please don't say because Charlie holds Nano, then it must, it must it's going to rise. The Coindesk article is coming out right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coindesk doesn't write about that, but a lot of other, other um, journalists write about it. Just any tweet I make, they just like take it the wrong way. Um, no, I don't think Nano is gonna replace Litecoin as <laughs> as silver. Um, the thing the thing with Nano is that it it has um, zero fees. We're not allowed to talk about shit coins on this. Not allowed to talk about this conference. Oh, it has, on, it has zero is... fees, but um, it's not as decentralized, right? So. There's, there, there's always trade-offs, right? There's a lot of coins that say we're faster than Bitcoin, we're this and this and this better than Bitcoin and Litecoin, um, but there are trade-offs. Nothing, like nothing is strictly better than Bitcoin or, or Litecoin. It's, there's always trade-offs. Litecoin has trade-offs against Bitcoin also. It's faster, but it's less secure, right? So one transaction can be faster, but the security on it, it pales in comparison to Bitcoin. But it's okay for smaller transactions. So everything has trade-offs. So if you want to use some other coin and you're willing to accept that trade-off, tra a lot of times the trade-off is more centralization, right? And, and that's, it might be perfectly fine for, for you to say this is a good enough trade-off when the transaction speed is, for, for example, Ripple, right? If the transaction speed is like a second and it confirms uh, in a second and you're willing to trade off the centralization part of it, a lot of people are willing to do that and that's fine. Just use Ripple for a lot of things if you want to. Um, for me, that's I, another coin that's cardinal. That's what. That's, that's another coin that's coin that's cardinal. Um, but for me, like I care about what 
cryptocurrency, the thing that it made possible is censorship resistance and immutability, and that's something that you need decentralization for. So I'm not willing to, to, to make that trade-off. Like, I'm not here for PayPal 2.0. I'm here for, um, like, better form of money. We tried so hard uh, to keep all the scam coins out of it. We got so many offers for ICOs and other <laughs> coins to, to come here and to sponsor it, and now you're going <laughs> to mention everything. OK. Oh, uh, I, I, I guess we can do one more uh, question. And uh, so here in the front. Last question. Oh, there? OK. Two more. Okay, two more okay, questions. Two more, those two, and then, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's me, I guess. Um, so. Thinking about Bitcoin, price has done what price does over time. We all spend a lot of time trying to assess valuation, and that means looking at the underlying growth of the network and user adoption. Could each of you comment briefly on what metrics you find to be your favorite? What sorts of parameters on network growth and user adoption you find meaningful? That's a difficult question, because everything, if you're going to uh, focus on one metric, it's going to be manipulated. So uh, people have been, or, or for example, if you take like transactions, transactions are up, but are transactions up because of fairy block or other spam sort of spam? And, like, it's very difficult to, to see what's like a real usage, usage and what's uh, other usage. Uh -huh. So I, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, I so tend I tend to focus on developer metrics, so. Um, number of new developers that are working on Bitcoin and the ecosystem, you know, so it's not just Bitcoin, uh, the core software, but wallets and lightning, um, things like that. And the, the thing that is very telling for me uh, is that I am more interested... And... Guided uh, access mode is not enabled. Uh, oh, he's connecting. OK, I'll answer while he's reconnecting. So uh, I, I think uh, value transacted per second is an interesting method, uh, me uh, measurement that a lot of people don't think about. A lot of people talk about transactions, uh, transaction volume, or transactions per second. But that doesn't really matter in a settlement network. And most blockchains are still settlement networks because it still takes time. And you have to wait for confirmations for full settlement. But I think I did a calculation a year ago, and Bitcoin is the only one that actually moves like thousands of dollars a second if you look at all the on-chain transaction uh, compared to price. So it doesn't matter if a coin can move, can have a million transactions a second if it's worthless, because then you're still not moving money around and letting people actually transfer value. Um, I think for Bitcoin, transactions like 20% of Veriblock 10 to 15% are omni transactions. So there's a lot of garbage transactions. So you have to look at what is actually valuable. And I think uh, there's a media outlet that criticized Liquid saying, oh, it's not getting adoption because it doesn't have a lot of transactions. But we don't I need think, to. I think you need to check with um, merchants like uh, Bitrefill or something like that. Like they, they can actually see the actual usage. Yeah, but you can do the math yourself. Like how many transactions are happening and how much money is being moved in a day. You were talking before, Rick, before you started echoing and uh, yeah. out. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say about developer metrics is that um, I, you know, obviously they can be gamed quite easily, so it's something that I'm quite cautious about. Um, but if you take a look at Bitcoin Core in particular, 
pull requests are not, not merged very rapidly and the quality of code is extremely high. Um, so it's not developer metrics like the number of new lines of code that are merged. Um, it's more like are people being attracted to the ecosystem, to work on the ecosystem as developers because I find that a technical project like this is very top down. All right. Does that answer your question? So what I'm thinking is um, people are talking about trying to figure out like what metric to look at to say whether or not Bitcoin should be valued at this price because of that metric. But I actually, want, I actually think about the other way. The price is actually a really good metric, right? The market cap of Bitcoin is a good metric of how successful Bitcoin is. Right? If you think of Bitcoin as store value, the amount of money stored in Bitcoin is the metric that tells you how much people are willing to put their wealth in Bitcoin and leave it there, right? Because they believe it to be the, the, the asset class that they want to store their value in. So the market cap is actually the best metric to tell you how successful Bitcoin is, which is kind of weird because people are trying to figure out what price it should be based on the. Yeah, but metric. the problem with market cap is then you have all the other shitcoins that have large inflated market caps because they have. Well, it's market supply. cap and liquidity, right? If there's yeah. no liquidity, then they can't. It's not. Really I know, but if you're only value. if you're only but comparing sure, market sure, cap, it's, it's bad. I but I. There needs to be a a metric with market cap again. and liquidity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a combination of things. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's, it's safe to look at market cap for Bitcoin, but not for other things. Sure. Okay. N next question. What's in front? Next and last question. Last. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious whether Ricardo or any of you have had a chance to review the the flood XMR paper. That's a Ricardo question. Yes. yes. He has. Okay. Thank he you. He said yes. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> Well, if you have, then I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the ramifications. Sure. So the Flood XMR paper basically is an extension of uh, an attack that the Monero Research Lab detailed in their very first paper in 2014, which basically says if you own like 70 or 80% of the outputs on the network, then you'll be able to figure out with a reasonable amount of certainty, which is the true signer in a ring signature. The problem with Flood XMR is that they, they made a bunch of assumptions and then said it's trivial to own 80% of the outputs in the network because transactions in Monero are super cheap. And so you can just create billions of outputs. Uh, they got a bunch of things wrong. As an example, they um, their entire hypothesis was based on creating transactions with 100 outputs. But Monero limits outputs to 16 um, in per, per transaction. They also assumed that um, transaction fees increase linearly with transaction size, but they don't. There's a whole complex um, algorithm that's based on whether we are expanding the dynamic block size um, or not. And so it's not linear with size at all. So basically, because of that and a number of other major issues, Picture. they um, underestimated the cost of being able to flood the network with uh, transaction outputs that you own by at least several orders of magnitude, um, at least. So instead of it costing you $1,600 to do, it would 
cost you millions of dollars to do because of um, the restrictions that the network has in place. Um, and, and that's, an, uh, you know, the, the attack is real, but the cost is exorbitant. So from a, a, a sort of game theoretic incentives perspective, we look at that, we say, yes, there is a risk, but the risk is cryptographically negligible. Another thing to consider, um, and I don't want to spend a long time on this topic, but another thing to consider is um, who is the person that's going to attack Monero in this way and flood, flood the network with a bunch of outputs, or flood the chain with a bunch of outputs. Let's assume that it's a state-grade attacker. So, I don't know, it's the NSA. And the NSA go and they do this. And then there's another state-grade attacker, so, I don't know, the European intelligence agency. And they want to go do this as well. And Interpol want to, and Europol want to, and... You know, like you've got like 30 state-grade attackers all over the world that are all performing the same attack. They're basically working against each other. And the chances of like all of these intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies and state-grade attackers um, getting together and saying, hey guys, we should all band together to flood the Monero chain with transactions is, well, that's not, it's never going to happen. So they'll constantly, even if they try and perform this attack, even if they're willing to spend the money, they are just going to be working against each other. And that's ultimately good for Monero because it's creating more untraceable outputs um, that you can create ring signatures with. Great, thank you. So did Ricardo just say he's going to roll it back if there's an attack? <laughs> are you going to ro roll back the chain? We're going to reorg. Reorg. We'll just, we'll just speak to the miners and reorg. OK. OK. All right. So th that was the show. So thank you very much. And uh, hope to see you again tomorrow. Uh, let me just find the address where you're gonna, supposed to go now. One Oak, it's at uh, 453 uh, West 17th Street. So that's where the after party is uh, with an open bar, thanks to Bitsy. Yeah. See you guys or tomorrow at 10 AM. Yeah, don't be late. 10 a.m. here with a badge, or you don't get in. All right, <laughs> bye now. Bye.